Welcome to Vineyard 61's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged, and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website, vineyard61.org, or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. And hello to everyone here in the room. A big hello to everyone over at Battersea and everyone watching online. And also welcome to you again today if you're new or if you're visiting us today. My name is Charlotte. I've been at this church for three and a half years now and I'm part of the Compassion team. And I want to start this morning by telling you a story of transformation. Some of you will know that I work for an anti-slavery charity called Justice and Care, which works with the police to rescue men, women, and children from modern slavery. And one of the survivors who we're supporting in the UK, who I'll call Julia this morning, is a young woman from Eastern Europe. She's from a very poor background, and she was struggling to support her family and her young daughter. And so she was offered a summer hotel cleaning job here in the UK, and she accepted it. But when she arrived, there was no hotel cleaning job. And instead, she was trafficked into brothels around the UK for five years by a criminal network. And you can only imagine the level of trauma and abuse that she experienced. And then two years later, the police rescued Julia from a brothel not far from here, and our team has since been supporting her. Her journey towards recovery has been hard, but she's taken so many steps into freedom. She recently started her first job with a legitimate contract. She recently moved from a safe house into her own flat. She went on her first ever holiday this summer, She's actually engaged to be married. And she courageously gave evidence that led to three of her traffickers being sent to prison last week. And we're now working to reunite her with her daughter who she hasn't seen for seven years. Julia's life has and is being transformed as she steps into more and more freedom. And in different ways, we all want to see transformation in our lives. A survey found that 73% of Londoners made a New Year's resolution this year. So that's at least 6.5 million resolutions in the capital alone. And most popular New Year's resolutions are always about self-improvement. So eating healthier, being happier, losing weight, etc. And now that it's the 30th of January, so we're near the, really near the end of January, I won't ask for a show of hands of who has kept their resolutions, as research shows that just 8% of us will keep our resolutions long-term. I dabbled in dry January this year, and huge well done to anyone who's made it to the end of January. Uh, mine quickly turned into a drier than Christmas January, and so I'm not in that successful 8%. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with making New Year's resolutions, because they are great ways to set goals. But often we're striving for a quick fix, and we don't see that long-term transformation that we're hoping for. And this is partly why we're doing a series called Wake Up January, starting to dream again, and looking at what God is calling us to wake up to 
as a church and as a city this year. And we've already heard from Phil about waking up to the Bible, from Stephen Viv with prophetic senses of what God is saying to us for our year. And then Viv spoke brilliantly last week about waking up to purity. And as we come to the end of our series today, today we're looking at waking up to the freedom and transformation that God has for us in his presence. So turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18. And I'll be reading from the Passion Translation today, which will also come up on the screen. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Spirit, and wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians 3, Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth about the Holy, how the Holy Spirit intervenes in our lives to bring freedom. And I'm going to draw out three things um, from the passage today that I feel that God is calling us to wake up to as a church and a community this year. And the first one is freedom. Knowing we are free in Christ. Paul tells us in verse 16 that the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. And just to give you some quick context of the veil that Paul is talking about, he's referring to Exodus 34 in the Old Testament, when Moses' face was radiant because he'd been in God's presence. And this radiance would last for a while, and then it would fade, because the old covenant before Jesus was temporary. And so he wore a veil that hid the glory of God, and effectively formed a barrier between the Israelites and God, which we see in different ways throughout the Old Testament. But the good news is that Jesus then came and died for us on the cross. So we are now under God's grace, and we are completely forgiven. So any barrier between us and God is removed forever. You see, Paul is telling us that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, when we turn to him with an open heart, any separation between us and God is gone. And this means that we, can, we are free to come into God's presence at any time, face to face, just as we are, with no fear, shame, or condemnation, because we are covered by God's grace and his unconditional love for us. You have a God who loves you so much that he doesn't want there to be any barrier between you and him. And he wants you to freely come into his presence and have a personal relationship with him. And you don't have to do anything to achieve that. It's all been done for you because Jesus gave his life for you. And this means that we can say yes to Jesus and come into God's presence just as we are. So one is that we're made free in Christ. And the second point is surrender, making Jesus Lord 
of our whole lives. Verse 17 tells us that wherever he is Lord, there is freedom. You have a God who loves you so much, who wants to be so close to you and who you can trust. But we all have these off-limit areas that we don't want to let God near. And this could be fear of something, letting a relationship go, trusting God with your work, your future, your money, bitterness, addiction, or something else. I recently realized how I let God be Lord of certain areas of my life, but not all areas. And every year I pray for God to give me a word for the year. And this year God gave me the word trust. And I feel really challenged at the moment to surrender and make Jesus Lord of every area of my life, even the areas that feel so personal and vulnerable and where maybe I've given up hope for breakthrough. But I choose to say yes to Jesus and press into this because I know that God has freedom for us in every area of our lives. Jesus didn't come and die on the cross for us, for us to remain captive and struggle on in the dark. It is for freedom that Christ set us free and nothing is off limits. So just close your eyes for a moment and ask God this question. Is there an area of my life that I need to make Jesus Lord of, either again or for the first time today? For some of you, something is coming straight to mind. And for others, you may want to ask God to reveal an area that he wants to break through in. It could be a relationship, an emotional wound, physical illness, an idol, or fear of something. And don't be afraid of what he brings to mind, as it's never for condemnation. God only brings up something for our freedom and our healing. So let's just take a moment. For those of you where things have come to mind, we're creating space at the end, and we have a team who would love to pray with and for you, as God is inviting us to surrender these areas to him and let his spirit breathe life and freedom back into these areas that have been off limits. So freedom, surrender, and thirdly, transformation. Saying yes to the transformation that God has for us in his presence every day. Paul says in verse 18, We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. So as we surrender and as God enters our lives, we start a beautiful journey of being transformed more and more into his image and who we were created to be. Paul says that in God's presence, we'll go from one brighter level of glory to another. So glory to glory. And how amazing that as we glorify God and as we spend time in his presence, 
we are being transformed more and more into the character of God. And what I find so freeing about this is that it's not us doing the transformation. It's Jesus transforming us through his spirit. And so we don't need to strive. All we need to do is come into his presence and sit at his feet. Lots of you may know the story of Mary and Martha in Luke 10, where Jesus and his disciples visited these two sisters in their home. And Martha was busying herself, getting things ready, and was getting frustrated at her sister Mary, who instead was spending time in Jesus' presence and sitting at his feet. And Martha complained about Mary to Jesus, but he answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take this privilege from her. You see, Mary was sitting at the Lord's feet, and Jesus says this is the number one priority. And that even when there's so much else going on, his presence is the most important thing. And it doesn't mean that all of our troubles will go away. We know that we'll always face troubles. But his presence is where we find peace, joy, rest for our souls, where we're refreshed, renewed, revived, and where we get wisdom for our decisions. And so as we spend time in God's presence, choosing to sit at his feet as Mary did, the Holy Spirit works in our lives and every part of us starts to radiate God's character and we see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And these are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Paul doesn't say that when you spend time in God's presence, you may be transformed into his likeness. He says you will be transformed into his likeness. And this is a promise for us all. So it's the spirit that does the transformation in us. But like Mary choosing to sit at Jesus' feet, it takes an action from us. Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians that we can all draw close to God. And so this is an invitation for us all but ultimately, it's an individual daily choice to come into his presence. So we're free in Christ. We can surrender our lives to him, and he is transforming us from glory to glory. But how in practice can we wake up to the freedom and transformation that Jesus has for us? And if there's one thing that you remember from today, let it be this. It's all about God's presence. Jim Rohn, an American entrepreneur, famously said, you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So let's spend time with Jesus. <laughs> For a lot of us, the challenge is time. So many of us have busy lives with jobs, school, university, children, and other commitments. But there are also things that get in the way of our spiritual lives and that the enemy uses to distract us from spending time with God. And I'll often think, I don't have time to spend with God. And then I remember 
the amount of time I spend watching Netflix, skimming through the news, scrolling down Instagram, running from thing to thing I've said yes to. A recent study found that the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,617 times a day. And that is the average. For millennials, the number doubles. Recent research found that the average guy spends 10,000 hours playing video games by the age of 21. I don't know how, but it's true. <laughs> and on average, we spend almost seven hours online each day, and I'm pretty sure that stat came from before the pandemic. And these are just some examples of things that we spend considerable time doing. And I'm not saying that they're bad in themselves, but they are when they distract us and they pull us away from God. So what distractions have we fallen asleep to? And what is the air that we are unintentionally breathing instead of Jesus? If there's freedom and transformation to be found in God's presence, we need to live deliberately and choose him despite distractions. Because in the midst of the distractions and worries, you can find peace, joy, hope, and wisdom in the presence of Jesus. He transforms us from glory to glory, and the fruit of the Spirit grows in our lives. Maybe you're listening today and you already spend time in God's presence. Maybe this is completely new to you. Or maybe you're looking for new ways to connect with God. And there are so many ways to spend time with God, in God's presence. And I always get inspired when I hear how others connect with God amidst life's distractions. And so this week, I asked people across the Balaam and Battersea sites about what they do to spend time with God. And hopefully some of these ideas might inspire you too. And as you listen, maybe pick out one or two that you'd like to try this week. A lot of people talked about how they seek out times and places with minimal distractions. For example, by spending the first time of each day reading the Bible and praying before looking at our phones. And this could be at home or going to a quiet outdoor space. Silence is an amazing way of encountering God. And this is one that Viv is leaning into. And practically... <laughs> yeah, that joke is not lost in the room. <laughs> and practically, this looks like sitting in silence and becoming aware that God is there. Chris at Battersea said he'll purposefully not put on podcasts or music when walking or driving so that he can focus on God. And I love this one. Lauren said she connects with God when she's having her nails done because she can't look at her phone. <laughs> and there are great resources out there, one being the Lectio 365 app, which I think is going to come up on the screen. It was created by 24-7 Prayer. And for example, Jessie listens to it at the start of each day, and then she journals her prayers to stay focused. And a friend who's a teacher doesn't have much time in the mornings, and so she'll listen to Lectio 365 while she's making her breakfast, and then she uses her cycling commute to pray for people and her day ahead. Other ways that people encounter God are spending time with him in nature, 
So on a walk and being inspired by his beautiful creation. Worshipping him, either together or by yourself. And you could put some soaking music on when spending time with God. If you need some inspiration, check out this album that Emma, who is operating our slides today, sent me. <laughs> and I should definitely say this is not the only album out there. There are many, many playlists. Um, but this is eight hours, and I found it a really good way of spending time in God's presence. Not that I do that necessarily for eight hours, but it is brilliant. There's being creative with God. So painting dancing, playing music. And this Sabbath, Kristen does this on her day off and chooses things that bring her joy. So like a long walk or a coffee and a good book in Covent Garden. And it's just her and Jesus for the whole day. And she said that it's become her favorite day of the week because she's so overcome with God's freedom and love. And saying, come Holy Spirit, and thanking him is also great ways of coming into his presence anywhere and anytime. And praying with others is a great way to come into God's presence. So we have prayer ministry every Sunday. And of course, we can pray with each other anytime. Some friends actually prayed for me this week um, for my shoulder pain to be healed. And what actually happened is that God lifted off emotional burdens I was carrying and then afterwards, I realized that my shoulder pain was gone too, which is amazing. <laughs> and every week, there are people who would love to pray for you to experience the presence and love of God. And finally, you can also sign up on our website for a sozo, where people will pray with you for inner healing over a couple of hours. And these can be life-changing. I could go on all day, <laughs> and these are just ideas because there's no right or wrong way to spend with God. It's a personal relationship between you and him, and you'll find that different things will work for you in different seasons. But however you spend time with God, one thing is universal for us all. We cannot be the same when we've been in God's presence. His promise is as we look at him, glorify him, and spend time with him, he will transform us from glory to glory. I'm going to hand back to the band at Balaam and at Battersea, and we'll have a chance to respond in a moment. So let's just still our hearts and be open to what God wants to do today. Lord Jesus, thank you for the freedom that you won for us on the cross. Thank you that all we need to do is come as we are and say yes to you and your presence. I pray for every single one of us. Fill us today to overflow with your Holy Spirit. Breathe life into these places where we need more of your freedom and transform us again today from glory to glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our Vineyard 61 speakers.